broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh, and another day, another Monday, ready to go with Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And a special guest in with us, co-hosting with us today, Casey Burns. Casey, welcome in. Thanks. Good morning, guys. Talk to us a little bit. We've got Brad Jones from NFIB back with us as well. Good morning, J.M. Casey, give us a little uh, background on yourself. The few folks out there don't know that you're heavily involved in the po- political side of things. Yeah, so I've uh, I've worked political campaigns in Missouri and surrounding states in some capacity or another since 2012. I started my own uh, Republican fundraising firm back in 2020. And uh, that's pr- my primary focus today. So little little campaign talk, little fundraising talk, little national politics maybe thrown in there. It'll be a fun morning. Yeah, we've got uh, quite the lineup this morning. Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, we understand, will be joining us about 6.30. Our buddy Scott Vaughn from Missouri Times will be with us a little after 7. Senator Bill Eigel, and you you never know because he never has a strong opinion on on where he stands on any of the issues. Never. The senator will be in at seven thirty five. State Rep. Rudy Veed at eight ten, and Will Wheeler from Mizzou, correct, at eight thirty five. We will, Will Wheeler is uh, Senator Carla Esslinger's chief of staff. He's going to talk gotcha, to us a little gotcha. bit about pre filing. I Boy. also found that other Will Wheeler online, John. <laughs> That's Will Wheeler we've worked with before on the on the Mizzou side economics and all, and uh, so we'll we'll go from it. Maybe we can get Will on <laughs> later in the week and talk to him a little bit about that big bull bid. How about that? It's an exciting time at Mizzou right now. It really is. It was quite the weekend, wasn't it, John? I mean, it really was. We had all kinds of stuff going on. We had the living windows on Friday night, which was beautiful, uh, other than the rain and the cold. Uh, the drone thing. Did you see the drone thing? I did not. I was. Uh, it was in, really was in Boonville at the boat. <coughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Were we, Hannah? Full disclosure. All right. Yeah, it was fun. And then we had the Christmas parade. The uh, yes, the the two hour uh, Christmas parade. The parade was huge. It was wasn't long. It? Yes, I, I was, was watching from the happy confines of the NFIB office, which is on the second floor. It is one of the great viewing spots in Jefferson City. Right you on have the best Street. spot in town for yes, that. Yes, I was and, at the second best place at presiding Commissioner Bushman's office in the Chamber of Commerce. And that's what I was going to say. And the <laughs> the Christmas extravaganza with the commissioner and yourself and and uh, Hal and others. Thank you all for inviting me. It was fun up there. Yeah, yeah. fun. How did the uh, the Missouri Times window go, Casey? You know, I am so sad. I actually had to be out of town for a fundraiser oh, no. and missed it. But if you all haven't seen Scott's photos on, on Twitter or Facebook, you've got to go check it out. Gussie is looks exactly like Ralphie right now. <laughs> had the glasses on. They did. It, it was a perfect depiction of it. And I think they, they didn't freeze to death. They're still, you know, kicking this morning. And so, Millie was in the bunny suit, wasn't she? <laughs> she was. She was. It was adorable. She was probably a little less thrilled about about it but you know that's 14 yes Casey yep. let's jump right into it and talk a little bit about Missouri politics right now because you know uh, bill filing started just this past Friday and like we said we'll have some lawmakers in with us to discuss where that's all headed I guess the big story looming large for everybody is 
what's going to happen with Speaker Plocker? You know, uh, it seems like as of now, the the news surrounding Speaker Plocker has kind of quieted, died down. Um, he has brought in Rod Jetton to be his chief of staff. And Rod, with a military background, with a background himself as Speaker of the House, um, I think has brought in a really steady hand to to Speaker Plocker's office. And um, I'm confident that they're going to get session rolling in a, a decent manner. Uh, look, this is a huge election year. And how how far any legislation moves will be uh, a big question, particularly for the Senate, which it'll be interesting to see. We can talk to Senator Coleman about that and Senator Eigel. Um, but most folks I've talked to aren't aren't really optimistic in getting a lot of legislation passed this year. But I think um, the House is going to head in a good direction. And it also helps that they've got John Patterson as their floor leader, who has shown just nothing but but calm and stability throughout all of this. Uh, he's not one to jump to conclusions and, you know, go with the wind on on all the demands he gets from his hundred plus caucus members. Um, he makes slow, deliberate decisions and leads with a steady hand. We've heard rumblings out there. We're not in the business of reporting rumor or anything. I guess the question is, do you think the whole the investigation and ethics meetings and all this will wrap up before lawmakers return in regard to the speaker? Well, I think they've got a meeting this week, don't they, the ethics committee? Um, so I guess it will depend kind of on their findings or how things go this week. I hope that they get things wrapped up, you know, get out of town before Christmas, get to spend that with their families and uh, have a resolution or a solution of some sort to present to the House uh, before session starts. It's one of those interesting times of year when we we head into the the mystery days of the holidays, especially after bill filing started the other day. Notice that, well, heck, when we talked to the governor about a week ago on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, he was not even optimistic about anything large happening because he's been through plenty of uh, sessions during election years himself. Yeah, I think that's right. It seems to be the general consensus amongst most legislators you talk to, uh, political observers, consultants, the lobby corps. Um, and, and frankly, you know, if we're, we're looking at bodies that are both controlled by Republicans that, that claim to be small government conservatives, I don't know that us not passing a ton of legislation is the worst thing that can happen for this state. Well, and, you know, I, I've been doing this forever and I look at, you know, some of the it's real interesting in a political in a in a, a big election year, because some years uh, we have they have managed to coalesce because they want to go home and tell people this and we got this accomplished. And then other years, probably like this one, nobody wants to vote on anything that uh, they're going to get called out on. And so it's uh i i think it's sort of a perfect storm actually this session for not doing a whole lot they do have the budget the constitution says they have to pass a balanced budget so i think that might be uh, a a focal point of what they need to get done and hopefully you know i don't know when they came up with the fact that you had to get the budget done a week before the end of session but that was the most brilliant thing anybody ever came up with because you don't want to be messing with what how many billions of dollars of budget the last day of session <laughs> wake up mid-missouri on 93.9 the eagle 950 kws casey burns and brad jones with us this morning 
John, Brad, and Casey. Great job as always, and um, I'm glad to have Casey and and, uh, and Brad in the studio. I'd point out the House Ethics Committee is going to meet, uh, and this is posted on the House website Wednesday afternoon at two. Looks like virtually all of that will be closed. The only thing we know it's to quote discuss a personnel inquiry and a House Ethics Complaint 23-01. They don't be, go beyond that. It, uh, I do believe that does involve the Speaker of the House, though, uh, Dean Plocker. So we'll find out. The one thing um, that I think is intriguing, you know, there's a lot of different bills for, for the Jefferson City audience on KWS. The biggest issue to me is the state employee pay, and Mike Bernscatter made that very clear. But um, the, the the bill that stands out to me the most uh, for a, the Columbia audience involves Danny Santuli, the hazing incident here in Columbia. And Travis Smith, who's a Mizzou graduate from way down in southern Missouri's Dora, I mean, basically on the Missouri-Arkansas border, has filed that hate anti-hazing bill again. John, as you'll recall... The Speaker of the House, when we had him on, he made it very clear, I mean, in no uncertain terms, uh, that he didn't like this bill. It looks like it's been tweaked a little bit, but I will be interested to see if this bill gets any traction. We'll see what happens. That's a good question because, yeah, when we did have him on, it was, uh, he made no bones about it, did he, Brian? No. He basically, his concern was, and again, I had read that bill literally a hundred times and hadn't read it that way until he pointed out he, his concern was that if someone hazes someone, and remember, for people who don't remember Danny Santulli, Apparently, we don't know this for sure. We'll find out in the trial. Family says he has brain damage. Um, he can't speak. Um, I believe he may be blind. We'll find out a lot of that at these hazing trials coming up. Virtually all the guys, by the way, have pleaded guilty to misdemeanors. So there are a couple that have come up for trial. But his argument is if someone hazes someone under the, under the bill last year, if you haze someone, terribly uh like allegedly what happened to santuli then if you called 911 he didn't feel like you could you should be able to get immunity so the bill looks like it's been tweaked a little bit um so we'll see what happens it, it's it's similar but it has been tweaked a little bit um and, and we'll just see if that has anything anything to go uh there are a couple other interesting bills uh is as you both know the i believe it's cashew chicken uh cashew chicken jamie bragg down in the springfield area has that and then uh, there's a lot of other interesting kind of fun bills most of those probably don't go anywhere on their own but they all seem to come back at the last week of the session when it comes to state uh, state symbols so some of those may we we may hear back again in may thanks a lot brian you know you took my shtick i had this whole thing going on the most important bill that has been introduced so far and it's going to generate more debate than any other bill yeah. is the cashew chicken is the official chicken. dish of missouri i think there's probably areas of the state that are going to stand up on that one. I'm just saying. And you know? I've I've actually got this posted on the Wake Up Mid Missouri Facebook page this morning. Um, if our listeners want to go weigh in, we might cover that in what's hot with Hannah a little later. Hannah, 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 I might go with Boosh Burgers. You know, I would, I would put that, I would put that up there. I, I mean, I understand. I love cashew chicken, and I understand that it, you know, it was created in Springfield, and I know it has Missouri roots. You and all obviously that. didn't attend Missouri State, Mister Jim. <laughs> but, but, but you know, it, come on, it, what, uh, what, got a, we do a little barbecue in the state too. There's a fried chicken. There's a, there's, <laughs> there's there's a lot of runners up on the old uh, cashew chicken bill. Well, so. the the interesting thing about 
on. It's basically a one sentence bill for people who haven't read it, Brad and team. I mean, in in one sentence, it says this: Bill sixteen twenty four from Representative Jamie uh, Jamie Gregg. It designates cashew chicken. This is the key here, folks. Quote is the official dish of the state of Missouri. End <laughs> of quote is the, is the word. Yeah, yeah exactly. In Representative Sarah Unsicker on Twitter, I think over the weekend, um, she basically was asking, "Where can you get cashew chicken?" A couple people responded, "There are a few places in St. Louis, but it's primarily, like you said, oh, no. Springfield." But the you know, Springfield I, thing. Yeah. I, it, to me, I I always think of cashew chicken as Springfield. But but again, we'll have we'll have those are bills we always have fun with, guys. Hulk Tribe in with us this morning on Wake Up Mid Missouri. House set to vote on a bill that might throw. A digital monkey wrench into the president's plan for electric vehicles. When we come back with the daily EDC rundown on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your text. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 9.50 KWS, John Marsh, Casey Burns, NFIB's Brad Jones with us, producer Hannah, and Brian Housworth as well. Time for the Daily DC Rundown without Stephanie Bell. Yeah, we've kind of promoted that the House expected all the floor vote this week on a bill that would strike down pending federal regulations that target gas-powered vehicles and prohibit any future electric vehicle mandates. It's called the Choice in Automobile Retail Sales Act. Boy, they worked hard on that one to come up with an acronym for CARS. <laughs> and they're going to consider it in the House Rules Committee today. I don't know. You know, there's a lot, man, a lot of pushback with the Biden administration and the state of California as well, saying by what, 2035 they wanted to mandate a lot of this uh, electric vehicles only into place and uh, the manufacturers have had some challenges with them it's it's not a clear-cut deal no it's not and i've got a friend of mine who's rather high placed at one of the big three auto and believe me the evs have caused a lot of headaches um everybody i think you know, and I had a nice talk with him, and I said, "Here's the deal: if we can get those things at a at a thousand miles, and you've got a battery, you know, what are you going to do with the battery when it's when it's gone? You know, so some of the environmental stuff is it, it seems like it was kind of a knee jerk reaction to this is going to be the this is going to be the end all be all for the environment. Where I think if you mine down a little bit, no." It's not. And ultimately, people have to want to buy it. I mean, you can try to shove it down people's throats and say, you know, you should really love having these electric cars. But well, the if, price if, points on them, too, right now. Right. I mean, there's 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 things that need to be fixed before we're all driving electric. cars. Are they still like spontaneously combusting in parking garages? Or is that something they ironed out? Tesla had some challenges with that. <laughs> yeah, they did. And then there's that, Hannah. <laughs> and, and then there's that minor, minor problem. Minor I'm details. just of the opinion that when the federal government mandates anything, it's only ever going to cost me more money. 
at uh, the end of the day. Well, that's that is absolutely for true. I talked yeah. to the guys at Fulton Ford a while back, or advertisers with Zimmer Communications, and they said the manufacturer, if you want to carry electric vehicles and the EVs that are in their product lineup. You have to sink some big, big bucks to revamp your uh, service department right. to be able to handle all right. that. And they said they weren't ready to commit to all that. Well, and you've got the whole infrastructure. I mean, that that, that one step from that, too, John, is, is, you know, if you're a small mom-and-pop convenience store and you're expected to put in uh, charging stations, go. those things are expensive. And not all small businesses are willing or able to to go that extra mile to put those things in. And I was just thinking, you know, my selfishly, I had to drive from St. Louis to the boot heel to Jeff City this weekend. I'm not sure I could have found anywhere where I was at in the boot heel for this fundraiser and, and some work-related events to charge well, that's my car. And I wouldn't have been able to get back to Jeff City. That was over a four-hour drive. Okay, you know? so that's the, other, that's the other thing. The infrastructure isn't in place to to make it happen i mean i always think of our our trips to uh when we were a family we'd go to colorado quite a bit you know and i'm thinking how many evs have we got between here and denver uh, maybe not too many we'll wait and see what happens wake up mid-missouri 93.9 the eagle 950 kws up next senator mary elizabeth coleman See what she's got in upper sleeve priorities for the new legislative session when Wake Up Mid-Missouri continues. The news can be heavy. So can a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh, NFIB's Brad Jones back with us. Casey Burns is with us as well. Casey, we understand Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman on the line. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, good morning Senator. Thank you for joining us today. You know, John, I think you're fantastic, but really Casey is the only one who could get me up to do an interview at this time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Hey, whatever it takes to get you in, Senator. How are you? Hey, hey Senator. We uh I know you wanted to talk a little bit about we uh the let we saw the legislature attempt to pass some um, initiative petition reform last session. Both bodies talked about how it was a priority for them. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, we did not get a bill over the finish line. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that is impacting some things we're seeing um, in Missouri right now, some out-of-state interests trying to get some initiative petitions on the ballot, and how that is impacting the, the kind of the work you're doing on that front? Yeah, so we're seeing, you know, kind of not anything that's surprising for Missouri. If you look at the national landscape, outside interest groups initially kind of had their first big win about playing as a national strategy with the prosecutors. Um, and we saw what those Kim Gardner results look like in St. Louis. Um, so there was some early wins with kind of that really, truly George Soros playing and statewide specific um, types of elections to get a very specific result that he was wanting across the country. We've seen rising crime 
because of that. And there has been a concerted effort now to use the initiative petition process to move forward some really liberal policies across the country. I would say chief among those has been um, ranked choice voting. So ranked choice voting has... uh, it's really actually pretty insidious because what happens then is instead of one person, one vote, you're getting a result that nobody would have picked. And so enshrining that in constitutions across the country, the other big thing that people are focusing on is trying to erode Second Amendment rights via constitutional state constitutional changes. And then probably the thing that I'm saying last but takes all the air in the room when people are talking about initiative petition reform is the abortion issue. So for over 50 years, conservatives have been saying that Roe v. Wade was a disaster and that we needed to be making sure that people had a right to say what they thought was appropriate. And um, since then, these interest groups have used the initiative petition processes where they exist in states really to lie to voters. So you see in Michigan, they were told that this was going to roll back what was um, billed as their extreme pro-life laws and that it would be, you know, kind of common sense where there's a big consensus um, about maybe a 14 to 16 week ban, um, the traditional exceptions for rape and life of the mother. And instead, what you have seen happen is an incredible erasure of all health and safety um, results in Michigan. There's, um, uh, they've brought back partial birth abortion. They've gotten rid of all clinical and health safety requirements. There's no reporting requirements, no requirement that a a doctor be involved in these incredibly barbaric procedures. And so you really are seeing these liberal interest groups from outside states take a national strategy of trying to undo the laws that each individual state is going to say is, you know, they feel really comfortable with spending millions and millions of dollars. If you look at, again, go back, going back to the abortion issue in Iowa, um, these radical um, positions were backed almost two to one dollar per dollar outside of the pro-life movement. So I think there's a lot of people who are ready to see Missouri look at our initiative petition process and make sure that we're going to be, um, you know, not taking away the rights of the people to change the way the Constitution is, but to make sure that there's a threshold that's appropriate. So I've heard a variety of different proposals. A really interesting one out of Senator Schroer's office that traces where the money is coming from to determine what percentage of the vote is required. And if it's Missourians funding an idea, then it's going to be a lower threshold than if it's out-of-state dollars, it becomes a higher threshold. I think that's an interesting proposition to give more of a say to Missourians. Um, You've heard um, ideas from just changing the percentage that's required to my favorite, which is matching the requirement for those who are collecting signatures. So you have to have a majority of the congressional districts represented in your signature collection uh, by certain percentages, matching that as well for passage. So, yeah, lots lots of discussions going to be happening about the initiative petition process this session. Hey, Senator, it's Brad. One of the 
One of the things hey, I Brad, think... I feel bad I didn't say hi earlier. Just <laughs> that's, that's, that. that's all right. I've, I've been asleep most of the morning. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm like you, you know, after I stopped getting up with swim team and jumping into cold thing of water every morning, I haven't been a big fan of morning. John knows this. <laughs> What, you know, one of the things that we worry about, especially in the small business community, when we look at these initiative petitions that really scares us to death is, is outside interest imposing their economic will on us. Mm-hmm. And I think you know what I'm talking about with whether it be wages or, well, especially minimum wage or, you know, we're looking at uh, paid leave or some of those issues. Small business right now can't afford any more body blows. I mean, we, we, uh, we're, not very optimistic about what's going on out there and uh you know when you've got the inflation issues we've had to deal with the labor issues we've had to deal with uh, we're very concerned about initiative petition things popping up what's your thoughts on that well i mean i think that this is one of those things where you're seeing um in many ways the republican party and just kind of and i'm sorry i'm just going to be really blunt because it's so early in the morning we're really failing our traditional, um, you know, our traditional consistent constituencies. And part of that is because big business continues to move further and further away from the types of values that you and I have hold. And so when we're talking about how do we make sure we have strong business interests in the state, I'm not talking about the big corporations. Those guys have continually gone woke. They're introducing whether it's um, insisting that every business provides what they are not even willing to provide with their larger profit margins. But they're also, you know, they're pushing woke agendas that Missourians don't support. And that minimum wage discussion becomes especially problematic when you're looking at the different regions in the state. And, you know, if you're, um, a Kirkwood small business, you're already paying minimum wage because you can't get an employee to show up if you're not. But if you're in, um, you know, Hannah Kelly's district and you're down in Wright County, well, I'm, I'm sorry, it's absurd to suggest that you need to be paying $15 an hour when the cost of living is substantively cheaper. And what's going to happen is all the small businesses, or Jason Bean, for example, they just cross the state line. Those businesses have to relocate out of the state. They don't have an option. And so, again, it is really problematic when we are putting these types of things directly to the voter, because not because voters aren't smart, but because it's the heart of what is a representative government. And if you're going to be pushing policy based on what is the um, you know most immediate direct result for an individual voters aren't stupid they're going to vote in their own interest but often their own interest in the long run is not what's going to be in the state's best interest or in their immediate best interest and so trying to get a little bit more thought there is really helpful but it's- well, the problem is it's it's this is a matter of econ one oh one, right? I mean Look, I keep thinking is- bread and circuses in Rome, right? And you can't <laughs> I don't want to say that out loud, but if you're starting to just give things away, printing money, this is you know, Western civilization decline one on one too, right? Like this is what happens in end stage republics is if you're voting only for your immediate best interests. Well, and you've mentioned George Soros, and a lot of times that name is used 
<clears throat> as a boogeyman in modern day politics. But that is real here. We are seeing California money impact Missouri policies. And we just don't we, we don't elect the same type of government in these two states. We don't need have the same type of needs. And I think yeah, and thank God. I mean, you saw what happened with our the Florida governor debating the California governor and you know, I don't have a an amic or a, you know a beef with either of the men, but the policies have a, that have led to feces mats across San Francisco, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I, you know, these policies are broken, and and it's not that we're heartless as conservatives that we don't want people to make more money. It's that we don't want their jobs to completely go away, Brad. Right? It's not that you're heartless that as a small business you don't want to pay for paid leave. It's that there are no jobs for anyone if I'm required to do that because my margin is already too low. Mary and Elizabeth, we've got we've got we have say. we have 43 percent of our NFIB members out there have jobs they can't fill. 43 percent, right. and it's been it's been up in the last wow. two or three years. It's been up to 51. So I mean, the the whole labor issue. Uh, you know, as as Walter Johnson up at MU used to say, you know, you push on the on the balloon, it's got to come out somewhere else. And yeah. so you get these wages up, and then you wonder why we're still at uh, six seven percent inflation. Well, you know, something's going to happen there. So, and and getting people to work and getting the right people to work has gotten to be such a problem for small business owners. I mean, yeah, I was at a I, I'm not proud to admit this, but I was in a McDonald's drive through in St. Louis City a few weeks ago. And they have a sign that wages starting at uh 14.50 an hour, I think. Wait, what's embarrassing, Casey, that you were at McDonald's or you were in St. Louis? Uh, I'm going to let everyone else determine which of those is is worse. Um our our 710 guests will certainly uh chastise me for being in St. Louis rather at McDonald's. But um Wait, who's coming on at 710? Scott Vaughn. Yes, he will. Yes. So they, I, I pull up to the drive-through, and they said, uh, "We can take drink orders, but we can't make any food for the next twenty minutes. We're getting ready to do switch over from breakfast to lunch, and we don't have anyone to do the cooking for now." And I was like flabbergasted. What? I mean, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure my first three years of campaign work combined, I wasn't making that much an hour with a college degree. So that that just goes to show the shortage we've got here. Well, if you don't like kiosks, let me tell you, folks, yeah. they, they're <laughs> well, here to stay. You, you have to, I have to tell you, and honestly, though, it's not just the initiative petition process that's pushing these kinds of agendas. You, you guys need to hear that we're also, I'm fighting back about those kinds of ideas in the legislature. There's a proposal that came out last year by really well-meaning colleagues. They're wanting a tax cut for child care for profit industries only. Well, I'm sorry when we because they can't get enough workers. And I understand the the knee jerk reaction to say we're going to try to increase supply. But anytime there's a fiscal policy that benefits only one industry, we never get the result that we want. This is not the kind of solution that actually helps. It it hurts in the long term. And so, you know, these kinds of it's just not an easily solvable problem. And Senator, we're we're running out of time this morning, but we certainly appreciate you being on with us. Senator Mary Elizabeth (laughs) Coleman on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks, Senator. Just ahead, as we talk to the senator and bill filing coming up, has started on Friday. 
here in mid-Missouri. I'm going to talk to, uh, talk to Casey and see what you're hearing about uh, potential things that may be filed, but who knows where they'll go. When we come back, on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Wake up mid-Missouri, 93.9, the Eagle 950 KWS. I'm John Marsh. Casey Burns in with us this morning, as is NFIB Missouri's Brad Jones. We were just talking with Senator Coleman on the air and uh, pointing out that Friday, this past Friday, was uh, the first day of bill filing for the 2024 legislative session. I, Casey, we're hearing from our connections that... Uh, it was a busy place on Friday over there. Yeah, Jeff City was bustling on Friday with folks in and out of town getting their bills pre-filed. Uh, which, look, that's that's always great for downtown area businesses. I'm happy to see that. But it will be interesting to see how many of those pre-filed bills actually make it across the finish line this session. <laughs> As we've talked about a little earlier in the show, I'm not sure many folks are optimistic that the legislature will get too much more done than uh, their constitutional duty to pass the budget this year. 870-something. Uh, Eight hundred and seventy. Yep, with uh, Senate joint resolutions and House resolutions and House joint resolutions and all cashew chicken, cashew chicken, man, it's important. Yeah, so as a, it's a bunch. And so, what people, what your listeners might wonder is, what does it look like when you pre-file a bill and what the way it comes out? It's just a one-liner, really. Is it kind of gives the subject matter of what the bill is, but I mean that one line could could lead to a 80 page bill but you know it says related to taxation you know it's they can they can expand upon that it could be any any form of taxation it could be sales tax i my takeaway from from the 870 is there was a lot of them about firearms second amendment stuff there was of course the usual number of abortion bills that were out there um there was uh there was a few dealing with health uh child care and health care and what was kind of the other well of course there's a lot of tax bills that, that, that was my question will, tax bills will always be uh but but in particular as far as tax bills property tax bills there were several that were uh were we're in the hopper on on property tax so, anything any proposals to uh take away my student loan debt brad <laughs> no, I think we're doubling yours. I think, oh, I think you should. I think I think you should pay for the philosophy majors out there, uh, Hannah. You know, so I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't hear anything about, uh, about uh, specifically your student loans. Uh, we can always add an amendment, though. Yeah, Hannah, if you're looking for more, you can have mine also. <laughs> I I think I'm good, but I appreciate the offer. <laughs> Well, it's funny you talk about all the bills and Brad brought up, brought up the angle of the potential for an income tax bill. And everybody we've talked to, a lot of politicians, at least the ones who uh, wear the heart on their sleeve, even the governor said, I don't think that's going to happen this session. No, I don't think it will either. Um, but the property tax one, uh, we'll see. That's uh, one Senator Eigel has his eye on as well. Senator Bill Eigel joins us. 735 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri.